and welcome to Women in the Business Arena, formerly known as the Liberation Lab. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, success strategist for women in business, and I'll soon be joined by my dear friend and co-host, Laura Guzman, an amazing psychotherapist who works with women entrepreneurs. Together, we dive into juicy topics relevant to women in business. We've learned through decades of being entrepreneurs how to conquer the business arena and achieve not just success, but fulfillment and liberation. We also believe that this is a continual journey of ups and downs, so we get honest, vulnerable, and real about what it takes to succeed. Think of this as joining our inner circle of women discussing the issues that matter and the strategies that will help you enjoy the ride. If you want to continue the discussion, join our Facebook group, Women in the Business Arena. We would love to hear from you. Okay, let's get started. Hi, and welcome to the Women in the Business Arena podcast. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, and I'm here with my beautiful co-host, Laura Shook-Guzman. Hey, Laura. Hello, Sonia. How is it going? It's going well. And I'm also very excited to talk about our topic today. Um, you know, yeah. as you you know, when you sort of listen to our podcast, we, we kind of go from some of the real internal psychological aspects of being in business to some of the real business structure stuff. And this is something that I think crosses both sides. And what I wanted to explore today is how do we talk about ourselves in business? This is something that I constantly see my clients struggling with is, you know, they want to be able to um, have some authority and really talk about their expertise, but they're really afraid to sound arrogant or like they know too much or, you know, they don't want to offend people. And so, you know, it's like this place of how do we actually promote ourselves, talk about ourselves in business legitimately and authentically um, without sort of giving up our power or asserting too much power. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can really relate to that journey over the past um, 10 years. It's taken some time to get really comfortable owning my expertise. And it, and mm-hmm. just like you said, um, the different feelings of being drawing too much attention to myself, uh, coming across as, um, yeah, oh, like somewhat off-putting. I think that in my bring upbringing, um, growing up in the South and Texas and in the United States, there's a lot of um, that you need to be the hostess, um, putting other people at ease. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about things that help other people feel really good about themselves. So I know that I struggled and I've heard many of my clients struggle with owning their power, owning their expertise, just simply owning who they are without the fear of somehow offending um, someone or coming across in a, in a negative way. Yeah, so, I agree. I'm glad you, yeah, I'm glad this, this is a topic for us today. Yeah. And I think it's, I see so many people struggling with it. And I think that we have, we can't sort of address this topic if we don't start from the inside out, right? Like I think too many people are so focused on trying to craft the right copy, right? The right content, you know, they pay copywriters and they pay people to, to write them content. And, and they're like, here you go. This is what it should sound like, or they copy other people's content, you know, as a structure. And and they're so focused on the words. And I actually think they should be more focused on their energy and their confidence and their congruency. Because what I see is that you can tell very easily when someone isn't congruent with themselves. Because what ends up happening is the promotions they put out or the things that they talk about, they're not aligned with the energy we feel. So sometimes it's that they're 
internally actually more confident, but then their words are very diminishing or their words are very like, oh yes, I'm sorry, almost apologetic. Uh, Or they're trying to really assert something that they don't yet believe about themselves. Mm, Yeah, that is so true that I hadn't thought about it as far as writing, as far as this um, trying to find the right content, the right copy. And we hire people to be able to write about us. And the thing about that is the exercise in learning to write about yourself. It's like, is an, is owning it, is the ability to own it. I know I'm thinking right now that I often find myself really excited when I see someone write something about me in their own words. Cause I'm like, Whoa, that's really great. Like that's made, that made me sound really good. <laughs> How did you do that? That's awesome. Um, but the reality is like, if I'm not seeing that about myself, then someone can write those things all day long. But then if a client comes in and that's not congruent with how I'm actually feeling about myself, then it really is only as valuable as that paper it's written on or as the screen that you're reading it on. It's, it's, not really, it's not really something that I'm fully being unless I can sit down and name those things about myself and really own that. I mean, not to say, I'm not speaking to the fact that they're not wonderful writers who can take you know aspects about and traits about me and put it together in something really nice. But what you made me think of is how often would I just want to rely on somebody's description of me and shortcut to that instead of really doing that inner work of where I'm embracing those skills, where I'm really embodying the, the confidence that those words convey, if that yes. makes sense. Totally makes sense. And I mean, like, I think there's a really valuable place for copywriters. Like I work with copywriters. I was a copywriter. That was the, my, that literally is what I am uh, degreed in is copywriting. And I think, you know, that's such an interesting thing because where, where I see the place of copywriters is after the confidence is had, the business has grown and you need someone to take over that part of your business because your genius is somewhere else. Like, I think there is such a beautiful place for copywriters. And they are very skilled in, at being able to sort of write the right things. But if you don't bring the confidence, if you aren't owning your value, if you're relying on someone who's good with words to communicate your value for you, that's going to be a huge congruence, incongruency in your business. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to cause some struggle. People are going to feel it. And this is what I try to really convey to my clients is that People feel your energy, which is why the internal components of growing your business are so important. You've got to gain confidence. You've got to own what you're offering. You've got to believe in it. And if you don't, then people will feel it. They might not feel it consciously, but they're going to just think, hmm, I don't trust that person. There's something about that person I don't feel right with. And that is so important. And so then the question that comes from, from this conversation, right? Is why, Sonia, why is it so hard? Why is it so hard for women to really know, really speak to our expertise? And, you know, this is not a new conversation. If you've heard um, sort of the conversation around um, comparing men and women and our communication skills and um, research shows that men are much more likely to inflate their skill set and women are much more likely to downplay and minimize their skill set. 
Yes. Yes. And, and obviously, like we've talked about in many of our episodes, you know, this is based on a lot of culture, a lot of years and years of women's traits being devalued, not honored and men's traits being inflated and praised. And so, you know, this is, it's so built into our DNA, like it's really built into our subconscious. And so it's a, it's a, it's sort of like we've talked about swimming against the current. Like that's what we're doing here. You know, being able to own our authority without being arrogant, being able to to own our value and be clear with our leadership. These are things that women have not been trained to do. And doing it like a man doesn't work because then we we feel sort of... Um, you know, not aligned with ourselves. And so I think, you know, that's the piece that we have to explore. You know, it's there. It's just sort of built in. So how do we counteract it? How do we shift it? How do we change it? How do we really own our authority without being arrogant? Yeah. Well, and what you said about the inside out, definitely look to that um, for some answers to think, you know, the difference between someone who I see come across as arrogant, someone who's kind of off-putting to me personally versus the person who really steps into their power and I'm very inspired, right? So if I ask myself kind of what's the difference that I'm experiencing with those individuals and I know that what I feel in my body when someone else is really embodied in their, um, their opinion, in their expertise, in their wisdom, like you can feel it from them. They have this mm. solid, like they just land and they're very solid. You can see them being challenged, but it doesn't fluster. They just continue to stay with their with what they're trying to convey, but they just um, continue to say it in different ways. Like you can just sense a knowing in them that yeah. what they feel, what they're expressing is something that's sincere and they really believe in it and they're going to continue to be an advocate for whatever that is that they're wanting to bring into the world versus the person who's arrogant. I feel like sometimes there's not a lot of roots to what they're saying. It doesn't have a depth to it Mm. and they might actually get defensive or turn in circles or like there's something that feels not as solid about it. Um, So that's something in the inside out. I feel like the person who's inspiring me has really from the inside out embodied what they believe what they believe and what they're expressing to me. Yes, I love that. I think that's such a good description. And I would exactly use that. I would probably um, use the words asserting versus feeling. Like when you're feeling yeah. the confidence, that just comes out. It's very clean and clear and congruent. When you're asserting, you're actually you're putting on an identity that you don't actually feel, you don't actually believe. And so I think this is why, you know, learning to find that confidence internally is so much more important than any way you can learn to write copy. Um, That's just not effective in shifting things. And, you know, it's interesting because one of the things I sort of want to reframe is, you know, talking about how do we, you know, really talk about our authority. Like, all of us have an opinion and have experience. And I think when we own that experience without making anyone else wrong, that's authority, right? When we, mm-hmm. when we believe that our experience or our uh, wisdom is the only wisdom out there and everyone else is wrong, that's arrogance. And so yeah. I think there's a, you know, a lot of people have confused authority with arrogance and, and not recognizing like, you know, I'm always teaching my clients like have a viewpoint, 
right? Really, you know, it is, it is good to have a viewpoint. It is good to talk about something, even if it's polarizing. If you believe it, if it's your passion, polarize people. Because what's going to happen is you're going to draw into you the people who resonate and you're going to repel the people who don't. That's great. Like you want to be able to find good fits, bad fits. Well, that's the best way to do it. But you have to be able to stand in your authority. And it's not that you're saying, this is my belief and every one of you who don't believe it is wrong. It's saying, look, this is my experience. This is my viewpoint. If you resonate with it, I can help you. If you don't, that's okay. We're just not a good fit. Mm -hmm. And people know where they stand because they know where you stand. <laughs> they know kind of, okay, this is, um, this is where you are. So now I can determine, is this someone, are you someone I stand with or someone that have a different opinion? And I think this comes back to the challenges that I have had personally is, um, you know, not upsetting and, um, not rough, like ruffling the feathers or rocking the boat, all those different yeah. terms, um, being really schooled at learning how to be this hostess that can tune in and being so empathic as I am and such, from such a young age, I was rewarded when I tuned in and I was yeah. empathic in a way yeah. that kind of helped keep the, you know, the harmony. And then anytime that I wasn't able to do that, then it was usually some sort of negative uh, message or information. So I think that when we're having this conversation for the listeners and such too, is that we understand that we're not talking about um, again, like a switch that can be flipped, that there's a lot of ingrained patterns and ways of thinking and ways that we've been rewarded for behavior or um, punished for behavior, like negative associations that we have with asserting and finding our voice. Maybe we were really um, hurt when we tried to stand in our power. So there's you know, there's all of these different aspects that can come into play, but that's why we're having this conversation today. I know for us, Sonia, is that we, we've noticed that, in our opinion, too many of us, including ourselves, um, are struggling with owning our power, which is a disservice to the world because we have so many wonderful gifts to bring forward, right? Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. So many wonderful things that we all... Um, it's, it's our path to bring forward. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think that, you know, um, this is something we have to shift culturally and it starts with shifting it within ourselves. And it's not an easy path, you know, as we talked about a lot of things, you know, you're going against the current and it's sometimes when you're starting to sort of step into your authority, you know, just as you were mentioning, Laura, it can bring up old wounds. Like it can sort of ignite old traumas. And that but might be a place to, you know, see someone that can support you like Laura or, you know, some kind of practitioner that helps you sort of move through some of your more subconscious or into internal wounds. Because the truth is like igniting our power often brings up a lot of the pain we've experienced from denying our power. Mm. Yes. Yes. And that as well. So yeah, whether it's bringing up the wounds that uh, an incident or things that happened when you tried to step into power um, or just the sheer like being you and letting all of yourself be open into the world means that there's other um, things that you might have been pushing back or that betrayal. Like for some women, I've heard them feel like they've expressed it that finally to open the door, to let their true self come through, it was exhilarating and expansive in the moment that they felt themselves let that light in. Mm. But then soon after, 
they also had to come up against and just be with the grief and the loss and the sense of betrayal to self for all the years that they weren't able to do that. Yeah. Because there's, I mean, a lot of us that are like, we're in our forties or early forties. Like this is something that you and I started having conversations about probably in our early thirties. Mm. And I don't think I really thought about it that much in my twenties. I was probably just trying to figure out how to be an adult. Um, and then my thirties, it was like, wow, there's these ways that I don't feel like I can own who I am or what I do. And then you know, so, so there's sort of there's this time as we mature and we age, there's this ability to know oneself and be less apologetic. Um, but then what about those years that we might not have been able to do that? There's sadness and there's loss. Like that's important to acknowledge. Yeah. I and anger. Like an anger. You yeah. know, when I started to integrate, I mean, I've experienced, um, but I started to integrate some of this really young uh, because I was a people pleaser when I was young and I was so desperate to be loved and to belong. And, and, you know, this is more like in my teenage years and I had quite a few abusive friendships and there was a huge shift and change in me. And that's really where it started, where I was um, tired of people pleasing and tired of, you know, giving up my power. And, and then it was been a long journey since then. But I think that, you know, when I started to really open up some of this stuff around suppressing my feminine or my feminine power and all the things that men and society and the patriarchy had done, I was angry. I was really, really, really angry. Like I was angry at men. I was, um, you know, angry at the world. And I think that's okay. You know, this is one of those things we've talked a little bit about anger before as an emotion but I think anger is good. Like it means you're opening up something, you know, and down below that is more of the pain and the woundedness and the sadness and the loss. But sometimes we have to go through the anger and we need to give ourselves permission to feel angry. We've been suppressed. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of stuff that's happened to us and being angry is completely fine. <laughs> So just to say Absolutely. That. Yes. The disclaimer, being angry is welcome. <laughs> and something important about anger is to remember that if we don't welcome it, if we don't allow and acknowledge that it's there and we try to stop it and push it down, then that can become depression. That can become anger toward, you know, towards yourself. And that is not where we want to go. So when anger comes out at these injustices, at the way that you've felt like you've been pushed up against a wall to please and to be afraid of being called out as a bee or being aggressive, right? And I, and that's the thing too, is I I've still to this day hear men lament about women in high, um, usually they're high positions of the power, like female attorneys or um, politicians. You know, I'll hear men be like, oh God, she's such a know-it-all though. Like, ugh, you know, in the court, she's just so aggressive. You can't get anything, you know, and it's like they have this response to women in power being assertive um, in, in such a negative light. So we understand like you're going to hear that constantly and it's going to cause you to doubt yourself. And that's something to just bring again, this validation is that, you know, giving ourselves permission to know that what we like when we own it, there are going to be people that push back. And, and I guess what's hurtful for me right now is I see women doing it to each other. Like I kind of get when men do it because they don't, they don't understand <laughs> what they're doing often. I'm just like, you know, um, pretty ignorant about how those comments are affecting women. 
But when women do it to other women, I feel my heart breaking, you know, because I'm like, ah, like, because you just, you'll see a woman really step into a leadership position and then you'll hear over here a conversation where some women are like, wow, she just seemed like she knew it all. And usually those women are feeling jealous because they're, they haven't stepped into their power. So, so they're seeing this woman do it and be a leader and be an expert. And there may be parts of them that they're not claiming that for themselves. So when we don't claim that power for themselves, for ourselves, and we see another woman do it, sometimes instead of celebrating that, we can feel envious. That's a normal thing that happens when we are seeing something in someone else that we are denying ourselves to feel envy or jealousy. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a really important point. Awareness, right? Around that. Yeah. And I mean, that's the thing is like we're, we're exploring because this is sort of the core of what's getting in the way of women talking about themselves in business. And I think it's a mistake to think you can avoid it. Like some women think that they can just sort of bypass talking about themselves and their business and just talk about the business. Like, I'm just going to name it something else. I'm going to hide behind it. Like I come to some people's uh, websites when they're like the business. And it's like when you go to the about page, there's not even their name. Like there's not even anything about them. And I'm thinking I would never trust a business that doesn't have a face behind it. Right. And I think, you know, what I see is that's women trying to avoid talking about themselves. And so then they project everything out on their business and they say things like we, we do this and we do that. Is it to sound like a bigger company? And, you know, it just feeds back into that place of like trust right now is so key, and especially in service industries. And, and I think products as well, like the, the world is flooded with entrepreneurs and nothing's wrong with that except that it creates a lot of competition and a lot of distrust. So a lot of people out in the world have been burned by people who don't really know what they're doing, who had a lot of authority and even arrogance, and then couldn't fulfill what they promised. And so people are so much more hesitant to buy. They're so much more hesitant to believe in you and to trust you. And so every ounce of incongruity you have in your business is affecting their ability to trust you. And so trying to to walk around this issue, trying to pretend like you you just don't have to talk about yourselves, like you can just talk about the business or you can just talk about your target market. It is very important to talk about your target market, but you have to learn to talk about yourself and what you offer and who you are and what you've learned. And I think that takes us just into one other little piece I was thinking about earlier, which is so many women are worried about speaking about their authority because they don't have someone else who's granted them authority, right? So you see this in people who are constantly trying to get more education, right? They're trying to get more certification. They're like, well, I don't have a certification. Well, I don't know. Do you have experience? Have you actually had years and years and years of experience? Because to me, that's a hell of a lot more trustworthy than a certification, which isn't even experience. It's indoctrination. It's someone who's just basically said, learn this, follow my way, and I'll you know, grant you a certification. But it's no real world experience. It's no really being on the ground and having proven that you can deliver. And so I think that's something that we have to talk about because a lot of women are too focused on someone else handing them a authority instead of owning the the authority they already have. 
Mm, yes. I see that a lot in the health and wellness industry. <laughs> you know, yeah. the number of us that continue to go through trainings. Yeah. Um, therapists are notorious about, I'll just get that one more training. I'm just going to get that other training. I'm going to get that other training. And then I'm going to be able to charge what I'm worth. I'm going to be able to be the therapist that I've always wanted to be. And there's so much, like you said, that comes through experience that we're not owning. And we're just kind of putting another credential behind our name. And that's a way that we hide. So I think you're mentioning ways that women hide from their true expertise and which is hiding on the website, which I also see a lot with health and wellness because they'll tell you all about their brand and what the services are about body work, massage, different types of therapy, healing modalities. But then what about that person? Like who are they really? And so sometimes they'll hide behind the we, or it'll just be the brand story or the the Mm. business, the spa, the center. Um, And so you don't get to really see, you know, what's your story? What really led you here? And I think that for therapists, that's been a challenge too, because we were indoctrinated with this whole thing about being separate so that you're not this, um, this person that you're, you want to be not a, not all therapists were trained to be blank slate, but those that are listening know what I'm talking about in grad school. There's sort of this idea of the Freudian analytic couch and you're the blank slate that you're there <laughs> that your clients can throw onto, you know, what they need to on you. And you're not supposed to really be that person. But there's are all, you know, on the contrary, there's a lot of human-centered therapy approaches and you really need to be your human self. And so I think that there's just, I'm just thinking within the health and wellness industry, there's a lot of that where people are not truly owning their expertise and we're just getting more and more certifications and we're building up the the, certifi- the, the modalities that we use, we're putting that on the website to show yeah. credibility. But right. what about your intuitive gifts, your natural gifts, like all the experiences that you've had, your life experiences that have helped you understand the complexity of, of humanity and the work that you're trying to do? Yeah. And I think, you know, we probably like on sort of the practical level of this, we probably should split a few hairs because one of the things that I think is shifting and changing is that let's talk about our stories, because I think this is something that a lot of people talk about, you know, that it's all about your story and, you know, what you've done. And then a lot of women are trying to create a business from their story, not having actually worked with anybody, but just from the fact that they went through it. And so I think, there's a mm, place yeah. for the story, but I, I think that that idea of the storytelling is not the path to creating a really successful business. And let me tell you why. So your story is like a flavor, right? So, so you're creating a business to really meet a need to solve a problem. The story behind that is your flavor, your personality. It's what allows people to resonate and connect with you on a human level. And that's important. But I think a lot of people are putting their story up front and they're making that the whole business. They're making that the sort of the inspiration for it. I think that going through something yourself is actually amazing and real world experience and really gives you some authority. But I also think you have to focus on working with others and what your um, expertise is and authority is and lane is that you have to back up. And not because someone outside of you said, here's your authority, I'm going to give you a certification, you've gone to XYZ school, but that your own inner wisdom and authority is developed. 
And so, Mm -hmm. and the reason I want to sort of clarify that developed, because I think that a lot of people are not giving themselves the space and the time and the ability to develop their wisdom, right? To develop their authority. Um, You know, it's kind of like uh, I was reading Judith Dirk's book, which I've talked about a lot in some of these podcast episodes, but she, she talks about sort of the developed feminine voice, how the world is crying out for a developed feminine voice. And that's because there's a lot of immature feminine voices, but Mm. there's very few people who have done the work to be developed in the feminine voice. And I think for your business, you've got to spend the time and the ability to do the inner work, to really own your authority and wisdom. We all have amazing wisdom coming through, but instead of like owning it, we're looking for sort of that outside validation and we're looking for what someone else might consider as proof instead of saying, you know what, this is my experience. This is my authority. This is my expertise. Take it or leave it. You don't have to like it. You don't have to believe in it. You don't have to align with it. But this is who I am and what I'm offering. And I think when you can do that, people can trust you. Mm, That is so well explained. I love the nuance and the focus on the developed voice, the developed expertise. The the, it's just the it's the maturing self. And and the best way that we mature the self is to be embodied in our experience every day and to own ourselves every day Mm. and to be present with what we are developing, right? Um, And so some people lament, well, I don't know, you know, um, all of these different jobs I had or it, it doesn't make sense and I'm not sure how to put that into what I'm doing now, or, you know, people who've been in really big career transitions. So it's important to just shed all of the BS, like Mm. forget all the labels, forget all of the the labels and what you would actually put on a resume and think about the essence of who you are. And like Sonny likes to say, your impulses, Mm. where have your impulses taking you? Where are your essential, um, traits and, and skills, like how have they helped you through the path? That is what's developed you as a person. Yeah. Then thinking, how does that come into your business? And yes, it's not enough just to have one experience and to base a whole business on one experience, even really big ones where people have had huge transformations in their health and then they become a health practitioner. Those, that's a huge initiative for for people to want to work with other people. However, there's so many other aspects of you that would have developed prior to that time. And then how does your business continue that evolution? And owning those experiences, like you're saying, Sonia, those are going to be the ways that we really feel confident in standing in our power. And we don't have to rely on someone else to give us external validation. Because what we're talking about is the internal versus the external, the inside out is that we give ourselves that confidence. We give ourselves the authority. We don't put our power out there for someone else to validate or to give us permission. Right, because they will fail you. Like, I mean, this is sort of the bottom line is that anytime we're seeking external validation, there's two things that are gonna happen. Either someone's gonna disappoint us or, you know, invalidate us, 
or we're going to have to change ourselves to get the validation. And this is what I see far too often with women. They move themselves to get the validation. They become something else. They go against their own intuition. They go against who they actually are because they're so afraid of the invalidation. And so yes. it's, it's just inevitably looking that somebody will invalidate you. People invalidate me all the time and people validate me all the time. It doesn't really matter. If I'm swayed by all of that outside viewpoint, then I'm never in integrity with myself. Not ever. And it's really right. funny because I've had people who, you know, expect me to bend to them. You know, they expect me to um, own that I, you know, that they're right and I'm wrong. And I'm like, if I was to do that, that would not be an integrity with myself. It doesn't mean I don't listen to feedback. It doesn't mean I don't get other viewpoints. But what I do is then filter them in myself because I have to be true to myself or I would not be a person of integrity. And I think this is like such a, such a viewpoint shift. And yes, you know, it's, it's interesting because I think, you know, it's a skill building process. And I think we have to acknowledge that because for instance, I can take clients and I do this and I'm able to see all of their expertise, right? So I, this is my gift is I can be able to look back and look at all the things they've done and their jobs and their career and their life and their motherhood and all their experiences. And I can package that up as their expertise. I can see their expertise, but the challenge then is them having to skill build to see it themselves because no amount of me wrapping them in a package is going to be successful in the long run if they can't own it. Hmm. Yes. 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 Cause you could do that lip service all day long. I mean, authentically mean it, but just explaining to them all that who they are. Well, this happens in therapy. I see some beautiful moments in front of me that my clients are having and they'll completely distance themselves from them or minimize them or, you know, or completely just be like, I can't see that about myself. So we can see things about one another, but it's still not as transformative. It's not as impactful as our ability to step into our own shoes and really acknowledge. And, and the thing is for women, being able to do that and feel really great about it instead of feeling somewhat cocky or yeah. too proud or egotistical, right? We have all these yeah. different labels that we start to put on ourselves, even if we kind of start to step into that. Yes. Power. And, and so I think either way, it's skill building, right? So, um, you know, it's not going to happen overnight. No one is asking you to just do this today. Like, go in and talk about yourselves in the perfect way. Like, first of all, there is no perfection. Second of all, it's skill building. So you're probably going to start off with trying to assert your authority. And at first it's going to feel weird and you're going to feel incongruent. And then you're going to be like, okay, I'm going to back up a little bit. But then you're going to notice when you're being apologetic, which is like not owning enough. So it's like, it's like a back and forth. You've got to feel where you actually are. And so, you know, it's okay to skill build. It's okay to be too, you know, it's okay to be arrogant at first, you know, and see what happens. It's okay to be, un, you know, apologetic. It's just being able to recognize where you're sitting and how, you know, you're in, just like we talked about with over-owning and under-owning, you need to be able to feel where it's too much and where it's too little until you can really gain that confidence and like, no, this is actually where I sit this is my authority and I'm congruent. And that's a practice. It's not going to happen overnight. You're going to have to keep practicing. And I think that's really important to acknowledge. 
Mm, I, I love that you're giving these examples because that's where it can start. Like you said, the little steps, the little steps. Like if you found yourself sitting on your finger, like trying, you know, holding yourself back and not expressing something, start there. Start with mm. just internally notice a little voice that says, okay, we're holding back and let's just name how we're, what something that we're seeing, something that we want to share with the group. And then the next time is you notice yourself wanting to pull back or apologize. You're just like, nope, I'm just going to let that sit out there. I'm not going to take it back. I don't have to apologize yeah. for it or minimize it. You know, yep. we, we do these things where we have these brilliant ideas and then we're like, oh, but of course, you know, everybody here in this room probably has more experience than me, even though you yeah. might be the most experienced in the room, <laughs> right? Like all the disclaimers. Like that's where we can start is just being, you know, the first thing, um, always starts with awareness. Like if, mm. if we're going to change behavior, the very first step is being able to be mindful, aware of that behavior. So we're yes. just encouraging everyone and ourselves included as we're talking about this to just be aware of where are you possibly holding back, um, stepping, you know, giving a disclaimer and stepping back out of your power, apologizing for your knowledge. Like where are those little instances, you know, just instances in your day to day where you might just pause and notice them first. If you, if, if you can't do anything else, just noticing them. And then the second step is shifting them slightly. Like, can I just change that behavior a little bit? Maybe I say it and then I take three deep breaths before I allow myself to retract anything. <laughs> you yeah. can still retract, but you have to say three, you have to take three deep breaths before you do it. <laughs> yeah. Or even like reading the copy that you've written, like, you know, sometimes, and this is such a beautiful transformation I see in my clients, right? Cause they all start off for the most part, um, it diminishing their value. And so diminishing, yes. yeah, diminishing is a big, is a huge part. It's mm. way more likely that than arrogance. A few people yeah. might come through arrogant, but most everybody comes through diminishing. And so then what happens is you know, sometimes I just ask them to read the copy that like, they'll send me posts or send me things or they're writing and they're like, how does this sound? And I'm like, well, just read back through it. How does it sound to you? Does it sound apologetic? Does it sound like you're in your authority? And even sometimes just doing that, like going back through and reading things, you can recognize, oh, you know what? It does. It sounds really apologetic. Like, how would I mm. read that if I was outside of myself? And I think it, it, it is, it's all about awareness and, and the transformation is so great. This is so much more than copywriting. This is so much more than making a post or talking about yourself in business. This will change who you are and how you operate in every level of your life. Sometimes people yeah. come through my program as an example and they think, um, this is just going to transform my business. And then all of a sudden their relationships are changing and their, you know, their friendships are changing. Their life is changing. They're like, oh my gosh, I had no idea that it would affect these other things. But of course it does because you are changing and everything is affected by it. So it's a really beautiful yeah. transformation. Ah. Oh. I love it. And I just love the personal reminder because I recently, I didn't even tell you this when we started talking about this topic, but I was doing a deep um, reflection in a meditation on confidence and like being in my root chakra. And I was noticing like self-doubt and fear coming up in my business. Mm -hmm. But yet as a person, I was feeling really in my personal relationships and my identity as a, a woman, a mother, a partner, a friend, like that was feeling really strong. But then in my entrepreneurial 
life, something felt a little bit shaky. I wasn't owning my value with some of the pricing that I was doing in my business Mm. for something. I started like looking at that and just being like, what is that? And I realized like, it's important to remember, even if you've done years of work on a confident (laughs) self, that the universe loves to serve you up a new menu and a new environment in which like, so for me, even though it's been 10 years, I feel like entrepreneur on like just on the ice, you know, the top of the iceberg of what it can be to be an entrepreneur. And so, so many of the things that the universe serves up to me within this context is something I haven't had to step into my power around before. It's different, you know, it's different than the way I stepped into my confidence, becoming a mother or becoming a partner or just being a person in, in different ways. Like my business is a different, it's a different thing. And yeah. just remembering that it's, oh, it's okay to, to notice that like when you're feeling a little shaken, it just means that you're learning something new. It means the universe is giving you a new opportunity to step deeper into who you are, into your being and to understand yourself at a deeper level. Exactly. And I don't think that this is something that any of us have fully mastered. It's a, it's a lifelong process. So thank you all for joining us today and we will see you next week. Thanks so much for listening to the show. You can dive into more of the conversation in our Facebook group, Women in the Business Arena. You can also access all of our episodes and some great resources at womeninthebusinessarena.com. Our mission is to arm more women with the tools, strategies, and know-how to navigate the business arena with ease so they can create more success, more fulfillment, and more liberation. If you're enjoying the show and want to support our mission, you can write a review on iTunes or share it with your friends. A huge thank you to all of you who commented, reviewed, and shared our show. We are so appreciative of your support. Okay. Okay, talk to you next week.